And welcome back. It's Midday. I'm Tom Hall. If you've just joined us, we're previewing the 2023 session of the Maryland General Assembly, which gets underway tomorrow. Governor-elect Wes Moore will be inaugurated a week from tomorrow. Comptroller Brooke Learman will take the office, oath of office next Monday, and Attorney General Anthony Brown was inaugurated last week. Joining me now is Ovita Wiggins, a veteran statehouse reporter who covers Maryland government for the Washington Post. She joins me today on Zoom from Annapolis. Hey, Ovita, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. So uh, any particular reaction to uh, what you've heard uh, President Bill Ferguson and Speaker Jones uh, say as they look forward to the new session? Yeah, I think one of the interesting things that um, I heard from the Senate president was in regards to um, his relationship with uh, the incoming governor. Um, He talked about the fact that there could be some disagreements along the way. So I think that everyone's sort of waiting to see and hear um, what um, Westmore will will push in this in his first session and what the response will be from legislative leaders in the Democratic uh, legislature. It's interesting. Westmore published an essay in the Baltimore Sun a couple of days ago uh, talking about all of the various many uh, multiple requests he's gotten from non-government agencies and non-government interests, the nonprofit world, et cetera. Uh, And he was, I think, trying to temper expectations, saying, look, you know, these are all great causes, but uh, the government can only do so much, and uh, you're going to have to be prepared for for making some hard decisions. So clearly, um, he needs to say that to folks both in and out of government. But it is going to be a very different dynamic. Uh, You know, Speaker Jones talked about how Governor Hogan uh, was rarely, uh, you know, never uh, appeared before committees, never testified in support of legislation. Uh, his agency heads, his, his cabinet secretaries uh, were very hands off. Um, I guess one can expect that that will not be the modus operandi in a more Miller administration. Is that your expectation? I would expect the ex- the exact same thing. I mean, both um, the presiding officers have good relationships with Westmore. Um, I think, as you pointed out earlier, um, the Senate president endorsed him in June. Um, the House Speaker was one of his early supporters. Um, and I think that that working relationship will be um, much different from what we saw over the last eight years under um, Republican Governor Hogan. And uh, Speaker Jones, uh, a few days ago, announced that Delegate Mark Corman uh, from Montgomery County will be the House Majority Leader, and Delegate Jazz Lewis from Prince George's will be the House Majority Whip. We talked about that a little bit with the Speaker. Um, what's What can you tell us about those two particular legislators and, uh, and how you think uh, they will affect the dynamic in Annapolis? Not sure whether there, you'll see much of a difference um, with those two in charge. Um, Delegate Corman comes from Montgomery County, as you said. He's been in the legislature, I think, since uh, 2015. Um, he will replace a Delegate Eric Lukey, um, who was in that role for a number of years, um, who is now going to serve as the um chief legislative officer for for Westmore, which I think is very interesting. Um, you know, he will bring 
the the relationships the relationships that Westmore might not have Eric Lugley will be able to provide that for you know working across the aisle um and also working you know with uh the members of both the the house and the senate the fact that Westmore doesn't have any you know, elective office experience, uh, very much like his predecessor, uh, Governor Larry Hogan, uh, who had worked in an administration, the Ehrlich administration, back in the day as the appointment secretary. So he was certainly very, uh, you know, knowledgeable and and, uh, uh, he had proximity to uh, how the decisions uh, in the governor's office were being made. Um, But how do you think that will... uh, effect or will it matter uh, in Annapolis, uh, given the fact that Westmore does seem to have some, you know, some pretty strong personal relationships with a lot of the legislators, even though he's never been uh, in a political context with them? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, I think this year will be a year for him to learn. um, And, uh, one of the things that I noticed that uh, the House Speaker mentioned about wanting to make sure that he's successful. So I think that, um, you know, those relationships will help him in this first year to um, to gain the experience that he will need moving forward. Um, it is kind of one thing that I've noticed, um, and I'm not sure whether, you know, what to make of it, but the fact that uh, we are what, less than a week, a week away, I guess, from um, his being sworn in, but we've seen very limited um, announcements on his cabinet so far. Um, So I'm not sure whether to, whether that is because of um, his experience or if it's, you know, of course he is not someone who, as you mentioned, has, has been in an elected office where he could bring along some members of his former staff to to um, set up his cabinet. He did make an announcement about the Secretary of State. That will be Senator Susan Lee, uh, again, another veteran uh, legislator. Um, but that uh, creates yet another opening in the right. Senate. Um, what can you tell us about that appointment? That was just um, announced so this morning, as far as I know. It was, ju- it was just announced this morning. It's the second senator um, that he has picked, um, uh, Senator Paul Pinsky, another veteran from um, Prince George's County, was named to head um, the Maryland Energy, um, the agency that deals with energy. Um, and so Susan Lee, as you mentioned, she's a veteran from Montgomery County, has been in the legislature for a long time, um, has been a proponent of... Um, um, on gun control. Um, she was the the one who um, pushed legislation this past session on um, uh, ghost guns. Um, so she's a big advocate um, on gun control. And I noticed that there are a lot of folks who were congratulating her on this uh, appointment. She'll be the first Asian American in that position. And of course, uh, Governor Russ Moore's uh, running mate, the Lieutenant Governor Aruna Miller, uh, the first East Asian Lieutenant Governor in state history. Um, what do you make of that relationship between 
the governor and the lieutenant governor. Um, evidently, prior to being asked to be on the ticket, um, uh, Aruna Miller didn't really know Westmore. I mean, they got to know each other as they started having this conversation about being running mates. Um, wh- what have you seen uh, in, in uh, you know, in the, in the ensuing months since that moment? Yeah, I actually I just spoke to her on yesterday um, and and she shared that story about the fact that she really did not know much about Westmore. She was introduced to him by um, um, former Montgomery County executive Ike Leggett, who told her, do you know that do you know him? And sort of he ran down his, um, Westmore's credentials and um, told her that she should you know, get to know him. Um, and as a result, later, uh, Westmore called her about becoming his running mate, which, uh, as we know, um, she added, she adds that legislative experience, someone who has those relationships within the General Assembly, um, also added the um, geographical diversity to his ticket. Um, he said that he wants her to be the most consequential lieutenant governor um, that the country's seen. And so um, we, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for her. She's a, a mechanical engineer by trade, and so she want, and has worked in the field of uh, transportation. Um, so she wants to work very um, closely with the soon to be named, I guess, um, Secretary of uh, Transportation on dealing with transportation issues. Yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, transportation issues uh, very still high in the minds of uh, people in the Baltimore area, given Larry Hogan's very controversial decision to kill the red line uh, early in his first term uh, nearly eight years ago. So, um, And it is interesting that you make a really interesting point that uh, we haven't heard a lot about what the war, the more cabinet is going to look like. Uh, and I wonder if that's purposeful, whether they're just saving it all towards the end or whether uh, it's taking them uh, longer than they might have even expected it would to, to find people to fill those uh, positions. I think, I, think they're say, I think they're making those decisions about whether to dribble out the announcements or actually save it all to the end. And um, so I, I think that's, uh, you know, we'll see who winds up being um, chosen. Um, you wrote a really wonderful story about a new portrait of Thurgood Marshall, uh, which is hanging in the State House. So, uh, among the new things uh, in the State House, in addition to the new, uh, you know, nearly forty or more than forty uh, new legislators between the Senate and the House, um, there's going to be uh, a wonderful new painting uh, on the wall as you go into the chamber. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that was um, the idea of uh, Senator Will Smith, who chairs the um, Senate Judicial Proceedings Committee. Um, His concern was that when folks who um, come to his committee, which his committee deals a lot with criminal justice issues, um, his concern was that when they walk into those to the hearing room, well, actually, before they get into the he- hearing room, um, that they only see white men on the walls. And um, he decided to um, approach the the Senate president about um, getting a portrait of Thurgood Marshall commissioned, um, which was and, and it was unveiled um, last week. 
And uh, Attorney General uh, Anthony Brown, who was inaugurated last week, uh, has certainly uh, uh, placed a, a stake in the ground about his priority for civil rights, uh, pursuing civil rights and equity as a as a North Star. That's what he calls it. In our last 30 seconds, uh, talk about you profiled him for The Washington Post. Uh, where do you think his uh, his priorities are, are going to be? How, how's that going to how's his uh, uh, interest in equity going to be manifest in his tenure? I think, you know, as you said, he, he he's called it his North Star um, in order for him to move forward on some of the, the initiatives that he has. He's going to have to take that to the legislature. So he's planning to ask the legislature for more authority and also more money um, to be able to um, so people will be able to sue um, civil rights violators. And also to um, he also wants to be able to investigate police departments uh, who have um patterns of misconduct. Ovita Wiggins covers Maryland state politics for the Washington Post. So, Ovita, put on your track shoes. It's about to all start tomorrow. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Indeed. So we will, of course, be in touch throughout the session. Thanks so much. I appreciate it, and uh, have a great session. All right. Thanks a lot, Tom. That's it for us today. Coming up tomorrow, it's midday on medicine. One might think that for those in areas without easy access to brick-and-mortar healthcare, telemedicine would lessen the disparities between the haves and have-nots in the healthcare system. That's not necessarily the case. We'll talk to Dr. Jeremy Green of Johns Hopkins Medicine about that, and we'll talk to the new directors of a proposed school of medicine at Morgan State. Hope you can join us then. Have a great day. This is Your Public Radio. 88.1 WYPR.